personal brand. You guys hear me talk about this ad nausea. And while you might think it's just social media and content and followers, the real impact that a personal brand can have is really less than 20% social media and 80% personal interaction, specifically outcomes in your career advancement and being an innovator to problems in your workspace. When you adopt this mindset of a personal brand, it will totally transform your life and paint you as the go-to expert in your career. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. Don't take it from me, though. Don't take it from someone that's, you know, I've been a pharmacist eight years, I'm a young buck, this and that. What if we took this concept and applied it to 10, 20, 30 years in the pharmacy industry across various platforms? And I can talk theory all day, but what I want to bring to you guys is actual implementation and outcomes that are going to blow your mind. And guys, I am so freaking excited for this episode because I have with me today one of my mentors, Dr. Edwin Adams, who has so much extensive experience in the pharmacy industry, in the leadership space. I mean, he was a recipient of the Albert Prescott Award in pharmacy, the, the top award that you can get in the pharmacy profession, and on and on and on. And I can talk literally a whole episode about why this guy is so impactful and inspiring, but I just want to start off and say... Dr. Edwin Adams, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My, my friend, after that introduction, let's just close the show and end it there, just in case I screw up what you just <laughs> said. Anyway. Thanks, everybody, for coming today. Great to see you. So uh, real quick, uh, guys, Edwin has been on the podcast before because he's got so much wisdom, he's got so much application, and he's got experience, and I think that's invaluable. But dude, for those who don't know know who you are, can you just give an insight of uh, how you got into pharmacy, when that journey started, and for context, how long you've been in the pharmacy profession. Absolutely, Adam. Thank you again for this invite. It's always a pleasure to, to show up and add value to the, the people that look up to you. You're, you're a superhero pharmacist out in the world, and uh, uh, the mentorship you receive, believe me, I receive it uh, also in return. So thank you for that. 51 years ago in a small town in Louisiana, no, I'm not going to go back that far, but Adam, my journey started 27 years ago, believe it or not. I've been a pharmacist for 27 years. That's a hard number, hard number to say. And I will, I will say that journey started by accident, really. Uh, at the time where I was at that pivotal juncture of deciding what I wanted to do with, with my life. My parents always believed that there would be a future in healthcare. So they pushed both my older brother and I toward going to be a medical doctor. So my brother did and he fought it. Uh, he's been successful. Nonetheless, he finished medical school, but he never spoke well of it. And that bothered me. So he's five years older. I got to witness that and it impacted me enough where I made a different decision to, to choose pharmacy. And it was you know, to use some vocabulary that you're familiar with, it was the brand of pharmacy in my small hometown. I liked that environment. I loved going into the pharmacy, the way they treated people, the way they treated me, how welcoming it was, and what a wealth of information they were. So I, I took a leap of faith and went my own direction. Uh, went to pharmacy school. I had three choices at graduation. I was going to go into the Air Force. I was going to do a residency or I was going into nuclear pharmacy. All of them seemed different. Again, there's a theme there. All of them seemed different than what most graduates were going into, which was hospital or retail. And I said, you know what, whichever one comes up first, I'm, I'm going down that path. Well, the residency took me down that road uh, that led me eventually to get my PharmD to become a professor at the University of Louisiana at Monroe uh, College of Pharmacy and had a wonderful tenure there for 14 years, then left to go into regulatory compliance with the State Board of Pharmacy, then into public health with the Louisiana Medicaid program, and then went to the dark side uh, over into the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> and, 
And that happened about eight years ago. And it has been a wonderful, wonderful roller coaster ride through my entire pharmacy career. And I look back in, in awe that I could never have planned it out. So, so beautifully, uh, it's been, it's been fun. Wow, dude, that's like the illustration of pharmacy. Like that was like a movie. Uh, wow, so much experience. And guys, you have some familiarity with those things. And whether or not you're in industry, pharma or whatever you want to call it, the one thing that we all know is it's extremely competitive and it changes rapidly. How many drug company names, like if you know a drug manufacturer of a certain medication and you, you know it, but then you go back to look a couple months later, it's under a different name all the time there's mergers and changes and there's just literally the most, I guess you'd say volatile uh, industry in the profession because it changes so rapidly and there's so much shift. So if you're in that industry or just trying to understand it, you might be wondering, how do you even stand out with such a rapidly changing environment when you're looking to get a career in it? Especially when you have so much experience, you've been in it for a while, and you have other people that are younger, more ambitious, well-connected, all that stuff. And everyone's got a level playing field. Everyone's got a doctorate in that space. So that leads you to ask, like, what do I do? Do I do a residency? Do I do a fellowship? Like, do I get more degrees than a thermometer? Like, how does this play out? So, Doc, I want to fast forward to about a year ago, all right? And you're, you've been in the pharmaceutical industry for about eight years, and you're doing tremendous work. So... Last year, can you just give us a snapshot of what your role's responsibilities looked like and how many, how, what your area of expertise was in terms of how many people, territories you were responsible for in your role? Yeah, let me give you some context there, Adam. Um, you know, when I took this position in the pharmaceutical industry, it was at a time where, you know, you get that itch. I'm, I'm 50 years old, almost 51 years old. So it's a downhill slide now, Adam. And, you know, I was still questioning, what do I want to be when I grow up in this pharmacy world? I, I had not found a personal brand. I was looking for it externally, uh, essentially, if I'm going to be open and honest with you. And it was simply a phone call I made for a pharmacy student who reached out to me and said, hey, I noticed there's a job opening in a, with a drug company down in the South Louisiana area. I think you know the hiring manager. Would you call her and help me get the job? And I was like, well, sure. She's a good friend of mine. I used to be on her speakers bureau when she launched a product. So I said, absolutely, I'd be happy to call. So anyway, in the process of, of telling her about this other pharmacist, she said, have you ever considered a career in industry? And I went, no, I, I mean, I thought about being a medical science liaison way long, way long time ago, but no, I really haven't. And she said, you need to talk to a friend of mine and have coffee and just hear what he has to say. And I went, well, okay, is this the itch? Is, is this the opportunity that I'm supposed to respond to? So I went and had coffee and was captivated uh, from the moment I walked in the door and he made me an offer I, I could not refuse. So his, his offer was that, Ed, this is a competitive, competitive industry. Your best way to get into the medical science, medical affairs arena of industry is to come in through the commercial route. And then less than a year, I will have no choice but to promote you out. I mean, pharmacists are, are highly sought after in the medical science arena. So, you know, I won't be able to keep you on commercial long. Well, five years later, I'm still in a commercial role going, why can't I get into medical affairs? And it was such a, a frustrating journey because I was in a role that, that I was not branded for. I was really having to adapt to a different way of thinking and, and, and interacting in the, in the pharmacy space. And it was uncomfortable and I, I could not find my space. So fast forward um, to last year, I followed my manager into developing a hematology commercial franchise 
for a pharmaceutical company that was trying to rebrand themselves in a very niche market. All right, so rare blood disease, um, uh, multiple sclerosis, oncology and hematology with some really targeted agents. And it just seemed like, okay, this is a really interesting growth environment opportunity and I love my manager. And so I moved, I made a move from AstraZeneca to Sanofi. Um, I'd failed four times trying to get a medical affairs position with AstraZeneca. And the best advice I got, Adam, was that I needed to leave the company, go get medical science liaison experience, and then they would consider hiring me later. So it, it, it crushed me. I, I was crushed a year ago. And then again, this opportunity stands in front of me with someone I respect and admire as a leader who I was, I was more excited about the environment she was creating. Again, in a commercial role, it was the same type of job covering all of Louisiana for hematology specialty sales for a product we were launching last year. Um, I, actually, we launched it this year in the COVID environment, the first time a pharmaceutical company has ever launched a product in the middle of a pandemic. So anyway, there are a lot of stories there, but yeah. to, to answer your question, Adam, it has been a, um, an interesting journey to get me to that space a year ago where I was again at this pivotal moment where I had to either look external or internal for an answer and I made a choice. That's exceptional, man. And, and so often we can get pulled that way to look at, you know, what can I use externally degrees or certifications or this or that, but that, that's not the brand. That's kind of the external hoo-ha, I guess you could say. <laughs> but a lot of times we realize, we forget and lose sight that the, the magic's inside us the whole time. It's just tapping into that. And I want to share a process that I went through with you during this COVID time in the beginning of 2020, because I took a poll last year uh, with my followers and my audience and everyone that's listening to the podcast and Instagram and all that. And I said, hey guys, so there's a lot of change going on in pharmacy and I've got a lot of passions. I've got fitness, I've got pharmacy, I've got nutrition, and I've got the social media thing. What do you guys want help with? What would be of most value to you? And without hesitation, like 80% said, I need to learn how to build a brand. And I was like, a what? <laughs> because for the last, you know, eight, 10 years doing my content with the fit pharmacist and becoming a professional speaker and going and speaking in schools and so and so on. Um, I didn't really go into it with the intention of building a brand, but the pharmacy space has become so competitive. We need that extra. We need that special sauce that allows us to stand out among our competition who all have doctorates, which blows my mind every time I say it. So instead of getting degrees and certifications, it's the unique flavor, the innovation, who you are in creating solutions to problems, whether they don't exist or taking existing solutions and making them better, either cheaper, more accessible, or faster to get results from. That's what a brand is. And I, I paused when people said, tell me how to build a brand. You build a brand. And I was like, what, what's this? So I, I stepped back and realized like, crap, I did build one. And if I were to help someone deconstruct that process, I need to lay it out like from, I have an idea and don't know what to do with it to this is what I'm known for. I'm the expert in this thing. So I started thinking, I'm like, I can map this out and teach this. I love teaching. I speak in this and that. So I reached out to this dude right here who has extensive experience on online courses. And he said, dude, you have literally done this. It's not reading books and regurgitating. You have walked the talk and you have the results to prove it. You need to create a course to walk people through how to do it. And never done this before, but with your guidance, you walk me through that process. But there's something interesting that happened. The teacher became the student, so you say. So through looking at the content I created, the videos and putting the course together and looking through that, can you kind of share like what happened? And, and just like through the content and editing and creating the script your brand online course where I walk you through how to build a brand and script your competitive edge, can you kind of share what happened through that process with you and in internalizing that content? Most pharmacy students and pharmacists struggle with standing out among the competition. So at scriptyourbrand.com, we help you create your ultimate 
competitive edge, your personal brand. Once you have that, you'll also have the freedom to do what you love instead of having to settle being trapped working a dead-end job. www.scriptyourbrand.com. Enroll today so that we can help you create your tomorrow. Sure. Adam, I think it's well known in, in the personal growth and development space that knowledge precedes action. We're very knowledgeable people who are thrown out into the pharmacy arena ex expected to take action. But, but and, and I respect that. However, someone disrupted my comfort zone a little bit and, and suggested well, in a statement I made to them, I said, wow, my experiences have brought me to this moment in time. And they, they challenged me and they said, are, are you sure it's the experiences that have been your greatest teacher so far? And I went, well, well yeah, I mean, look at, look at my story. I've got a story and look how it lines up and, and it's, it's that. And they were like, Ed, it's, it's not the experiences alone. It's the evaluation of those experiences that have prepared you for this moment. And when I looked back and saw that depth of understanding of who I had become throughout these experiences and what patterns were present, the compass point became very clear for me. And then the lights shined on the path ahead. So Adam, I would say the very first part of that was just to pause for just a minute and not, not focus so much on fitting into someone else's brand and doing it their way, but to show up authentically with my personal brand, which is what has defined every failure and every success to date. And, 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 you know, when I look back at that first opportunity to come into the industry, he came looking for something in me. He wanted a pharmacist voice on his commercial team. There was no, there were no other pharmacists on the entire oncology franchise commercial team for AstraZeneca all the pharmacists were on the medical affairs side. So it created a unique opportunity for me. When I came on board with Sanofi Genzyme, I followed my manager for leadership, but she called me and said, I know you're not looking, but I'm hiring because I want you on my team because of your leadership experience with the John Maxwell team. And you have been in difficult management type situations with the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. You know, it was just, wow, Ed, you've really got some stuff there that you need to not only believe in, but brand internally because other people are seeing it. Why aren't you, Ed? I guess that was the, the biggest question. So, yeah. Adam, the first step was awareness mm -hmm. and, and really coming up with three primary stories that defined my experiences to date, my evaluated experiences to date, that would be the investment in the path forward. I hope that, that kind of sets up the story uh, a little bit. Absolutely. And that, that's perfectly primed. So you're, you're at this stage and then we're talking, I send you the content with the video and I start getting these messages from you. <laughs> and you're like, dude, this, this is actually helping a lot. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? And you start to say like, this is the missing piece that I've been looking for, for my journey and, and every, all the feedback that I've been getting that I'm like, yeah, but where's it fit? Yeah, where's it fit? It kind I think you said that it kind of aligned that to a one-shot deal in regards to how you can take all your experience, all your knowledge, all your successes and failures and package that into your one personal brand. And can you kind of share like what you what you gleaned from that? Yeah, Adam, I, I'm a firm believer that that our our crossing of paths happened for a reason. Number one, I needed enlightenment on, on the brand that I had been developing for 26, 27 years and did not have the capacity to recognize it. And then you show up needing a skill set I have. And in response to, to going through your material, I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> all the light bulbs were starting to to turn on for me. And and Adam, I, I always preach in the disruption of comfort in, in my own coaching practice that that our belief drives our behavior. Our behavior creates our outcomes and our outcomes, positive or negative, reinforce the belief that started it in the first place. So I've always preached that, that triangle. And I think in working through your material, just to get it presentable for other people, the, the light bulb of upper, uh, success finds you where you step not where you stand. And I think for the longest time from a branding perspective, I was, I was standing in a spot waiting for some external force to recognize my value. And I realized real quickly through even your introductory content that I needed to be presenting that in for, I needed to be transmitting that belief in order for the action and the outcome to happen in the first place. And I think that that simple pivot of, of waiting, and we seem to do that a lot in pharmacy, and I don't mean to get off track here, but we, we wait for the information. We digest a lot of the information. We take an exam, we're evaluated on it, and then we wait for the next amount of content. And then we wait for the work environment. And then we wait for the, the job description. We're waiting, waiting, waiting for the opportunity to come land on us. And personal branding is not that. Personal branding is not necessarily showing up in those environments and waiting. It is taking a step. And I don't, I don't think I had intentionally done that or believed that that were possible without your content. Wow. I mean, that's just what we're ingrained to believe. And, and it's like a herd of elephants. You just all go together uh, just like you're supposed to with societal expectations. And this is how it's going to be. And, and your content showed me that personal branding is the foundation on which you create the outcome which you desire. And I'm a huge fan of, of um, the biology of belief and Joe Dispenza and how to, how to reprogram your brain. And, and personal branding, uh, the way you've presented it, has allowed me to visualize the outcome before I even start the journey. And that visualization, I think, of where my personal brand can take me and the outcome that it can create, then is so valuable because it's a much easier deconstruction from, from that visual than to sit here and go, well, I need to build a brand without knowing the connection point in the future. Does that make sense? 100% man. And I think you nailed it by saying that branding and, you know, going after your goals, whatever, whatever stage you're in, whether you're a pharmacy student, a new grad pharmacist, you've been at it, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, it's an active process, not passive now, back in the day, so this is the pharmacy change. Back in the day, you'd graduate pharmacy school and you were set for life. It was basically like an instant pension plan. You were guaranteed a job, high demand. It was like a coasting through life. Not to say there wasn't work involved, but it was nothing like it is today where you graduate, you have these, quote, credentials and experience. People don't come to you. It's not build it and they will come. You've got to go seek it. You've got to go put it out there and go and take your goal by the balls and say, this is who I am. This is the value that I am here to serve and deliver to you. That's the difference. And this is honestly the reason I created this whole personal brand coaching practice. I see just everyone starting to realize that pharmacy is getting so competitive, you have to have something unique to stand out. It's not degrees, it's not residency, because that depends on your specific path. The one factor that can impact every single career path is having a personal brand. And people started to realize that. However, I started to see a lot of creation of, here's how you grow your social media, blah, 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 do this, do that. And it was very passive focused. Sit behind a computer screen and that's all you had to do. Auto post, repost, this stuff. What I say is social media is a tool. It's literally at best 20% of your personal brand. Because the relationships, the value you have in actually solving problems by meeting with people, by working through the problems with the team, that's what really a leader is. 
in my opinion, it's working with your team to show them how it's done rather than the role of a boss of just saying do this, but sitting behind your desk. What a personal brand is, is proving that you're walking the talk. You have the content, but are you applying it? Are you out there leading the pack by what you're doing? That's the piece that is missing, and that's the piece that so few people do because it's scary. There's no guarantees. You can put yourself out there and look like a total dumbass, but guess what? That's why so few people make it because there's, quote, risk involved, and there's risk involved in everything. You have to choose what that risk is. Are you going to sit behind the screen and just do social media stuff? That's pretty risky because that leaves it up to waiting for other people to reach out and knock on your door to send you an email. And guess what? It doesn't happen at all. Let's look at dating, for example. You just sit around like, oh, the girl my dreams is coming knock on my door. It doesn't happen. Ladies, are you sitting around like, oh, Prince Charming is going to come on this white horse and take his sword and, and get his shield and carry him away in the wilderness? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You've got to get out there and you've got to put yourself in situations where the likelihood of having that interaction is going to happen because you're present, because you're seeking what you are looking to achieve. And that is the piece that's missing and the whole point of the personal brand and why I'm so proud, dude, of what you're doing. Because guys, this is the whole point of this podcast what I'm about to get to right here, all right? He's going through his content. He's getting the warm fuzzies, okay? He's like, this makes sense. There's light bulbs. It's clicking. Most people, that's where they stop. And most personal branding content of how to build your brand, that's what their target is. I want you to feel good. And if any of you have listened to me speak live in an event as a keynote speaker, you know I start with the same line. I am not a motivational speaker. I'm not here to pump you up. If you want to get pumped up, go to the gym. I'm here to help with your outcomes and implementation. And that's exactly what you did. You got the inspiration, light bulbs clicked, things got into, into line, and right around this time, you had the opportunity for a huge promotion. And there was, there, you came to a crossroads. Do it the status quo, how everyone else does, or this personal brand stuff Adam's been talking about makes sense. What if I put it into practice and actually lived it and applied it to the opportunity I have right now? And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's setting the stage with what you did next, dude. So I'm excited. I've heard this, but it, I, I, I just get be I beam every time you tell the story, dude, because it's so freaking inspiring. So guys, the, what you're about to hear is going to blow your mind. So dude, I set the stage. Take, take it from here. Tell us what went down. Wow. Well, uh, well, for context, you know, your personal branding information and influence had had an even broader impact, Adam. So I want to I want to share share that sure. just before this story. You know, coming into Sanofi Genzyme just a little over a year and a half ago, that was another crossroad for me. And and we were working together at that time and. Uh, I, I, your information was flowing within my head, but more from an, a practice sense of helping you get your brand up, but it was in here, man. So I'm starting a new role at the foundational level of a, of a franchise that's getting built out. And I had a choice of how to show up or not. Was I going to do like I did before? Which, which was typical for me, which was to show up and rely on my farm D to sell me for me, you know, just those letters at the end of my name. But my boss, the, the one I followed to Sanofi Genzyme, I was her first hire. I was her first hire of eventually a team of eight people. And I knew in that moment that I, I was committing to showing up a little bit different with, with my personal brand. And I, I, I might not have called it Adam Martin's personal brand, but it, <laughs> was, it was your influence that made me think that way and begin thinking that here's an opportunity, Ed, how are you going to, to think, behave, and, and act 
in or, or, or what outcome are you going to create with, with your thinking and your actions? So I made a decision that I was going to be proactive in the way I showed up on the team because I felt that for, for my boss to be successful in, in, in this, her new step forward, that I needed to help her be her best self. And I needed to make sure my team was their best self and that we were going to annihilate any sales goals set in front of us, annihilate. So I paid attention to my boss. I made her look exceptionally good. She, she, she didn't need a whole lot of help. She's an amazing, amazing account strategist, producer, manager, leader, but still I was going to make her look good in every conversation I had with anybody in the company. I was going to do the same thing for my team members. I was going to use what I do naturally and from a gifted perspective, which is help people disrupt their comfort zones and be their best versions of themselves and to be non-dependent, high performance practitioners in whatever sense. So I did that with every member of the team. So fast forward to right now, Adam, we'd launch our product. The Gulf Coast region is number one in the country. We are bringing in one third of the North American business for Sanofi Genzyme. All eight of us are ranked in the top 20 in the company. Wow. Wow. So I say that to say my greatest desire came to me uh, with a promotion opportunity. And this was probably what, four weeks ago now, Adam, when I, when I called you, a medical science position opened my medical science liaison left the company. And that means that I had an opportunity to apply. So this is a, a huge region. It's not just a medical science position over Louisiana. It's a medical science position over the Southwest United States. So Louisiana all the way to Arizona. So I, I could not believe here's the opportunity that I have tried for multiple times and have failed. Here is a, a position that we have built from scratch and we have had tremendous success. I wonder if I could do it with this. So in, in, in the throes of all that mental stuff going on on, okay, are you going to do it again and risk failure again? I mean, you're 51, Ed, you're getting old and all that self-talk and can you still learn? And is this something you want? And the travel is going to be a lot. So of course the first conversation was with my wife to say, sweetheart, we have an opportunity. And she was like, you've wanted this your entire life. You better go for it with everything you've got. So that was the tipping point for me was, okay, I've got the, the number one person that believes in me. Now I need a strategy. So here's what I did, Adam. I called all my MSL friends that, that I had acquired from AstraZeneca all the way to Sanofi Genzyme. And I called people from small startup companies. I called a lot of people and got a lot of outside perspective on what I should do for my interview. And here was the interview. I had two weeks to prepare. I was to give a 30 minute presentation on any topic related to multiple myeloma. It was supposed to be 30 minutes long and then there'd be 30 minutes of questioning really broad boundaries yeah. by which to show up on an interview. Uh, that, that was the final interview. Let me say that before that there were 11 other interviews, 11 interviews where, you know, it's the typical questions. Tell me about this that happened in your life and how did you handle it? But I was really focused on that end one because that was all to all of North American medical affairs. And I was going to be put in a very vulnerable environment of, being asked questions that I might not know the answer to. So that's why I asked all these MSLs, what would you do? What would you do? Again, violating all the branding, uh, personal branding rules, Adam. So okay. my initial thoughts were in violation of your course material. I apologize for that. <laughs> so I got a lot of great advice and they told me exactly what to do. Pick a Sanofi product, learn it, present it, because that's what they're going to expect you to do, right? And I went... <sighs> but that that's, I feel like there's something else. And I, I wanted to do a presentation on another multiple myeloma product that had just released that had a very unique toxicity. And I was getting excited about that. And then the more, 
the more advice I got, the more I kind of squashed that idea that, no, that's, that's a competitor product. Why would you do that? And then why would you bring in excitement into that? You need to do what's expected because this is your only chance at an MSL position. You better do what everybody's saying because they're successful MSLs. Okay. So I spent, this was all the way up into the Sunday before the Wednesday of my presentation. I had all the slides built out for that expected presentation. I had 30 slides. I had mapped it out. I had all my notes. I knew everything I could possibly know about the product, but I had lost sleep for three nights. It was that other topic that just kept gnawing at me going, man, there's such a better story with that because I've had an eye injury. I can talk about eye injuries. My brother-in-law is is an optometrist. I could get some, some perspectives from him and tie that in. And it's just not feeling right. So Sunday night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to do what's expected. I'm going to do what is in my gut screaming at me. That is all me. And I can show up to that interview authentically 100% me with no other expectation that if they don't want me for how I show up, then my brand does not need to be aligned with their need. I mean, it was as simple as that. And I just took a deep breath in and stepped forward in authenticity and absolute faith that I was making the right decision. So I showed up and did the presentation, Adam, my way. So you set aside what everyone else was saying, like, oh, this is how it's done. You have to do it this way. These are the guidelines. And you're like, "Eh, but, but that's not who I am. That might be what you do, but that's not my authentic brand. I have a unique story. I know what works. I, this is my style. And if I do it the other way, it won't be me. So I'm going to risk it all because I want to be my authentic self in helping solve problems in the innovative way that I know how to with my unique skills, with my story to help you in a way that you're not familiar with. And you realize this is a huge gamble. Literally, you've, you were turned down, what, five times for this position over your career. Uh, you've been trying to get this position for 15, 20 years. So this is not like, I'll try it, and if it doesn't work, I'll try again. No, no, no. There's a lot at stake here, guys. And it's easy to talk about this stuff. It's easy to post about it and make a meme. But when your career that affects your entire family is on the line, and you go forward with this boldness, That is what I call a badass, and that is real talk. So, dude, tell me what happened next. You did this three days out from your presentation. You've been prepping for you know a week and a week and a half. You scrap all the work because you say, you know what? That's not me. Screw this. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I know is right, and I'm gonna go forward. And I'll, I'll, whether I fail or succeed, I'll know I showed up at my absolute best, being true to myself representing my brand that serves people the best and whether or not, whatever the outcome is, I I'm going to actually be proud of whatever way, because I know I did this the right way that I feel good about. So you scrap it three days out, restart, focus on your passion. You go through all the material through the course in leading you to this place of being your own brand. Wednesday comes presentation hits stress is at an all time high. You've got the sweat running all the stuff. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so Adam, um, I, you, you know, Monday morning, I'll say the only two words in my mind after I made that decision were pop it and lock it. And, and I, know what you, <laughs> I know you know what that means. And for those of you who don't understand that, you got to get an Adam's course to figure that out. But two magical words that I spent uh, focusing on, on on Monday, it was, my, I knew I had an elephant in front of me that I needed to devour but it was going to only be successful if I took one bite at a time and not get overloaded. So I was laser focused with those two words. And on Monday, uh, I developed the 30 slides that I needed. So it was just very instrumental that I at least have the foundation of what's going to be presented over Zoom. Um, Tuesday, I was going to make sure I understood my story that I wanted to tell and could tell a great story. So there was some practice involved lot of re-editing of slides to make them a little bit more simple. 
so that the focus was not on the slide, but on me and the story I was telling. And then Wednesday showed up and yeah, there were some, there were some nerves. There was some monkey brain coming back in, but deep breath exercises, Wim Hof breathing, whatever you want to call it. And then just the belief that I, I have followed what Adam has been trying to tell me for a long time that dude, you're at the end of the course. This is the end of the course. And now all the hard work is over. You now get to go be your personal brand. And there was this calm that came over me that I had passed, passed the personal branding course. I was here. I had done all the work necessary. I understood who I was. I was showing up with confidence that this is, this is all about me. And this is, this is all about my story. And I breathed into it, Adam, when the, the time clock ticked. And that it was moment. time to join the Zoom call. There's all of North American medical affairs on, on the Zoom screen. And there were countless little boxes. And I was like, I'm here. This, this is my swan song. This is, yeah. this is everything that I have experienced to date. And looking back and evaluating all of those experiences, all of them prepared me for this moment to be me. So I showed up and gave it my all for 30 minutes, just told them a great story, had some great visualizations that had my style, my tone, my animations, everything. The story, the, the story especially, what was all me. And I laid everything out there and it felt so good when I said the last word at the 30th slide. And I took a deep breath and was ready for the questions at them at that point. There, there was no anxiety. There was only confidence that, you know what, they're going to throw some things at me that, that I will not know the answer to because they're seasoned professionals in medical affairs. And you know what? It's okay. I've told a great story. I've shown them who I am. Yeah. And, and that's probably the most valuable thing is how I showed up versus how I answered the questions. So anyway, um, that was the end of the interview, man. And I knew there were, there was, there were going to be three days before I would find out the result. Three days. Wow. I'm smiling so big. My face hurts, dude. <laughs> like that, it, that it, guys, this, this it sounds, it's an, an awesome story. It's inspiring, but this is, this is hard. This is not easy, but this is why so few people go the distance because it's gut wrenching. There's a lot on the line money, reputation, like all of it, all of it. But going forward with this confidence is something that leads confidence. And I think what you said is just the, the moment that really made me smile. You, you finished it and you just felt so confident because you showed up who you were. You showed up authentically and you showed up with the value that you know you can deliver. They want something, the, the status quo people, the people that said, oh, do it this way. They want you to show up how they know how, but that's not you. And you know, you can't be of service if you don't show up as yourself. And dude, tell us what the feedback was. Tell us how that, so it's over. Tell us what happened next. Yeah. So, so right after the interview, a calendar invite popped, popped in, in to my computer and it was, it was for that phone call where I would find out the answer. And, you know, this is Wednesday and, the rest of Wednesday, all of Thursday, and then all of Friday. It was going to be mid-afternoon on Friday. I was like, this is absolute <laughs> torture. Yes. I have to wait this long. And I knew I was competing against four other individuals. I did know that. And I was like, wow. Um, in those moments after it's all over, I'm sitting there now thinking about the competition because I hadn't thought about them up to this point. So then the monkey brain came back and it was like, wow, I bet I I bet they're already MSLs. I bet, I bet they're better than I am. I bet, I bet all this stuff. And I was like, you know, that went on for about five, 10 minutes. And then I went, no, you, you showed up. So, you know, everybody wanted to know how it went from that point forward. So my, my boss on the commercial side, my family, you know, I'd, I'd pretty much kept a lot of people in, in the dark because you know, I didn't want the journey to be about an expectation that I needed to fill with all of this 
all of these words that I was putting out though about what I intended to do. Yeah. I wanted to show up after I had done it and tell everybody. So our closest friends didn't know. A lot of the family didn't know just a select few um, people knew. So it was breathing into that moment that I, regardless of the outcome, I was proud of a couple of things, Adam. Number one, I showed up. Uh, number two, I was authentic and, and true to myself. And number three, regardless of the outcome, I, um, I was going to be okay because I was still loved. I was still cared for. I was still in a great position. And I knew that opportunity was still out there regardless of whether this one was in my favor or not. So, you know, going into to Wednesday evening, I was, I was feeling really good. And then I checked email one last time Wednesday night and the calendar invite moved. The one for Friday moved to Thursday morning. And I was like, okay, so, so this means one of two things. Either they've made their decision and, and they're going to chop my head off early and, and say, <laughs> sorry, we've, we've made another choice. Or um, they're going to make me an offer. And I said, I'm going to go tonight believing that they made me an offer. So that's, that's how I stepped into Thursday morning, Adam. And what happened Thursday morning? So Thursday morning, I get on the phone call and there's this, uh, my future boss, the hiring manager is on the phone and she's a wonderful, wonderful, sweet lady. And you know, it starts with those words. We really enjoyed your presentation. Um, you did a good job. And, you know, it was all those words that, oh, okay, these are all the positives that are said before yes. the but. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there hyper, uh, hypertensive and <gasps> tachycardic. Yeah. <laughs> please go ahead and tell me the answer. So finally, right as my, my mind thought those words, please just tell me the answer. She said, I guess I need to cut to the chase. And I was like, I leaned in, I think my whole face filled up the Zoom screen, and she said, <laughs> we'd like to make you an offer to join our team. And, and for a moment, I was in disbelief because I think for a moment, I, I was expecting the no and, and already thinking into how I was going to pivot that into how can I still sell myself? You know, I was thinking personal branding that, you know, I, this was a good experience for me. I want to learn more because I'm not done yet. You, you haven't seen all of me. I'm going to show up even better next time. That, I was already shifting that way. And, and then when I processed what she said about an offer, there was this other, this other deep breath of breathing in that moment going, holy crap, I did it. Yes, I did. Right after that, she said, do you know why I'm hiring you, Ed? And I went, and hopefully it's because of, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just an incredible gifted person. And she said, you showed up like no one else did. Your presentation was on something totally outside of expectation, yet professionally done and you know what? You educated the North American medical affairs team on something in great depth that they probably wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise had it not been for the way you showed up. And I was just screaming puppet locket in my head and Adam Martin and personal branding. I was like, it, it, the process mattered so much to me in that moment. And I felt so much love for you, Adam, that, that, that you had become the teacher in the moment that I needed it. And I realized I've needed this for a long time, Adam. I, I think I want to preach the course from the highest mountains that it's not just the <laughs> course, it's the concept that you have articulated into a pathway of success. It works if you breathe into it, believe it and take massive action. This isn't going to happen with anything other than massive action and massive risk. And I know this from the, the people that we both serve, the, the community of people that we serve, we are risk averse people. 
And that's the hardest part is understanding that a personal brand demands that you take massive risk and, 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 and weighing that or, or, or stepping forward from that foundation of confidence and personal branding is the only way to survive the risk. And it's possible. I did it. I did it at 50 years old. I found my personal brand, I would say for the first time, Adam. So yeah, that's, that's wow. all on me with, with the, the valuable mentorship and leadership that you so gracefully gave me. So anybody listening, um, if you can't find it within yourself to build it on your own, which I, I, I don't think is the right way to do it at all, you need the help of someone who can get you out of your own bullshit story that you're telling yourself and realize there is another way to show up in this world, not through expectation and through outside influence, but what has been gifted to you already and is inside waiting for you to recognize it, tell it, brand it, and sell it, period. Wow, dude. I'm so proud of you. Like, I'll, it's a shame that this is Zoom and I can't like just give you a hug real quick, <laughs> you know? But damn, dude, like, like I say this all the time. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to post about it. Everyone likes the feel-good memes. But when you live it, you know it because you worked it. And that's the point. You can have a plan and wonder if it'll work. It will only work if you work it. And that's the secret formula. It's not easy. It's simple, but simple doesn't mean easy. There is risk. And yes, we are risk averse people. We like comfort. We like certainty. We're type A. We like to have everything in a row. Well, if you don't have yourself in a row, how the hell do you expect the rest of your life to fall out? You know? So, uh, dude, I'm just, it, it, like, this is probably the third or fourth time I've, I've heard you tell this story just because. I, I think I call you or text you like daily. Seriously. I'm like, dude, can you tell the story again? Because <laughs> it's so freaking good. Holy shit. Yeah. But damn, I'm just so proud of you, man. Like, it's just absolutely incredible of the man you are, the leader. And, and I can't take credit for it because I can, I can give the advice. I can tell you what, has, what, what works out in the marketplace, what I have experienced through my own journey and give you simplified guidance, but I can't make you do it. You're the one that puts in the work. You're the one that makes these sacrifices, literally putting your career on the line. It's a bold move. And that's the last course. That's the last module in the course is how to take all that we've learned in the course so far and apply that with massive action. And that is exactly what you did, dude. Congratulations. Oh my gosh, man. It is a whole new world ahead of me. The excitement I mean, my wife even says, you, you're different. You're, you're different. And, and I said, what, is, what does that mean? She's like, <laughs> I, I knew, and she didn't say personal branding, but that's what I tagged it with. She, she said, I knew you were miserable in your role because you couldn't be you. And she's talking generally about the commercial sales role over these past eight years. She's, she's seen a lot, of, a lot of struggle finding my place because I could not align the brand with the environment. And this, I, I think this is critical, Adam, for the people to hear that when you find self-confidence and when you believe and when you're self-aware enough that environments present themselves to you and welcome you to plant your seed there. And that's exactly what happened in the shift to Sanofi. Um, I, my value to the team was selected by my line manager. She, she knew who she wanted on her team for the value that I could bring and the success potential that I could help her build. Her line manager her line manager didn't even interview me. I remember standing in the hotel room uh, in front of the window when he called and he said, you know, uh, Connie has spoken so highly of you. I just had to make sure you were real. 
And I was like, wow, wow, somebody is advocating my personal brand to someone who's over the Western zone of the United States. And he just wanted to verify the information and hear my voice. Wow, somebody's advocating my personal brand on my behalf. Holy cow. And then he advocated my personal brand to the head of commercial sales for North America, all in alignment to help me get this promotion. And that is the exact definition of what a personal brand is. It's what other people say about you when you're not in the room. Because you can talk a game and all this, but it's the actions you take. It's how you show up consistently that leaves your mark. And that's what people will share. And dude, you got an A-plus in the course. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) The transcript I'm very, very proud of, Adam. Very proud of this transcript. Oh man. But yeah, it wouldn't have, this is just like, uh, I'm just really taking in so much gratitude, dude, because it, it, I, it's really an honor that I was able to give anything to you because you took my ideas and my journey and, and my story and you helped to align that so that it could help people. And ironically through that process of aligning this so that it could stepwise and seamlessly lead people through a course where they can take these concepts apply them to their brand wherever they are, whether they've never heard of a personal brand or they've been working on it and haven't seen any progress. Through that process of lining that up, you went through it yourself. And I know you say like, you know, thanks for all you've done, but dude, you did all the work, man. And I just want to, like any, anything, any way I can give back or help you, like it, it just fills my heart with gratitude that I had any play in this, and, and however small it was. So I just... I just love you, man. Like you're, uh, the you're... feeling is mutual, my brother. And I'll I'll say this in in closing. And I'm I'm, I'm I just I truly believe this. I, I think in the pharmacy arena we are trained in some silos, and, and they're competitive silos. That okay, I need to get into pharmacy school, and this this isn't about anyone else, but me. So it's a competition against everyone else. So I've got to do it by myself. And then you're in pharmacy school and you've got to stay on the progression track. And that's all about me. And I've got to do it myself. And then you get out and you're competing for smaller and smaller career opportunities in pharmacy. So again, it's this competition. It's this constant, constant competition. And I think through the process, if we're not careful, we believe we are all alone And in building a personal brand, yeah, there's a lot of work that has to happen right here. But I think if this story proves nothing else, it proves the value of mentorship and leadership and personal development demands that that we work together in ways and that we find people that align with our, our beliefs, our purpose, our passion and our potential and, and, and we listen and we incorporate what they have into the mix to make us better because all we have are experiences in the past or that way, I don't know which way to point, <laughs> experiences in the past that we have attached an emotion to. And that is the only frame of reference we have, Adam. So all of my failed attempts at, at achieving an MSL position in the pharmaceutical industry was all I had. So yeah, that frame of reference is not the secret sauce of success. I was looking backwards for the answer. I needed to be looking the other way with the help of a mentor who helped reframe the authenticity that I did have. Number one, make me aware of it, reframe it, and then sell it. That could only have occurred with a new disruption of a comfort zone so that I'm not looking backwards, I'm looking forward. And I I think that's exactly, a personal brand has no value in the past, right? And you showed me that. And without your influence, I I think I would have shown up and done the exact same presentation that everyone else had done. And it would have been um, comparing apples to apples. I was the freaking orange and the orange got hired. That's why I'm wearing the shirt today. The orange got hired, boom. And that took influence and mentorship. So yeah, there's value in both and I I weigh them equally and I seek 
the value of mentorship from exceptional, extraordinary people like you. It, it's, wow. and, and you're selling it. You're putting your personal brand out there that is captivating thousands of people globally, Adam. And I'm, I'm just one of many, many people who have reaped the reward of, of being open enough to realize that somebody is willing to pour into and invest in me. I am stupid if I don't open the doors and let them pour. I'm, wow, I, I would be stupid. So you, sir, are, are not only a personal branding expert, you're a key opinion leader in the pharmacy arena, and you are going to change this profession because you're changing the minds and the souls of the people you serve. And I just pray your message gets to more and more people because that is how we're going to change our profession. That's how we're going to change the lives of the people we serve. That's how we're going to change our communities is when personal brands come together and build something great. And it's been a privilege to build personal branding coursework with you um, because I've lived it. I believe in it. I love it. And I think you're a superhero that walks among us, amongst us. So, dude, thank you. Wow, dude, I'm, I'm so humbled. Uh, I might have to hire you for my hype man. <laughs> Come with me. I, I, I might have an opening for that. I might have. <laughs> yeah, an... yeah. But I, I think, so first off, thank you. That, that's extremely humbling words. And I, you know, if I just change one life from all the work I'm doing, it's worth it. So you made everything worth it, man. Thank you. Um, but I think what you said needs repeated. There, there's two main points that you brought up. The first is that the past does not equal the future. All of us have a past. All of us have failures. All of us have goals that we thought we were ready for and qualified for, but we fall flat on our face. And you can look at that as uh, rejection of who you are, or your value as a person, or you can look at it as a wake-up call that maybe that was actually a blessing in disguise. Because if I did get that opportunity that I thought I was ready for, I would have been, it would have been a disaster. And then I really would have had some rejection problems. So look at it and realize that the past does not equal the future. The second thing you said that I say all the time, because I believe it and live it, and I know you do too, is that each needs the help of the other. As a fellow Fight Alta Kai brother, that is the motto and that is the truth. We have our own careers, we have our own lanes, but that doesn't mean that there's a lack of success. There's actually an abundance. And it's richer when you help others grow through the process. Lift each other up and, and see that the journey is so much more rewarding if you have someone along that with you. It's great to get to the top, but imagine if you helped others get there too. Imagine if you were able to impact others to get to where they wanted and dreamed and prayed for, but you didn't do the work. You just allowed them to see that what they had, what they've been searching for, what they've been praying for has been inside them the whole time. You were just the key that unlocked that and they are responsible for their own success. That's my role. And that's something that you have done for me. And the fact that you say that I've done that for you, that's just, I, I think one of the best achievements that anyone could ever have in their life, greater than any degree or salary or raise or whatever the hell you want to put on it. But it's invaluable. It's super rewarding. And it's why I do all the work that I do, man. So thank you for being such a tremendous human being, tremendous leader in pharmacy, because you are the change you wish to see in pharmacy. I say that all the time. It's very rare. I see someone that lives that on a daily basis and, and steps forward in massive action. But you, my friend, are literally the archetype of what that is all about. So thank you for who you are. A Zoom fist bump. Yeah, yeah, there it is, man. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, thank you so much, man, for sharing your story. It's incredibly inspiring. And I would invite anyone listening to this on the podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, reach out to Edwin and say congrats. And seriously, like this is freaking badass. We need like a big party across the world. So if you're listening to this, this was filmed on Halloween 2020. So October 31st, another reason that you're wearing the jack-o'-lantern orange shirt um, but guys, regardless of when you're listening to this, it, you got to reach out and say congrats because this is just phenomenal. So dude, where are you? You're super active on social. You've been doing so much content for so many people in different realms, but where are you most active? Where can people best connect with you? 
Yeah, Instagram, I'm enthralled by Instagram. I I just discovered Reels last night, so I can't wait to to create more Reels. But yeah, Instagram, uh, my handle is Disrupt Comfort. Website, uh, disruptcomfort.com. And then my passion is podcasting, Adam. So the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. So please, it's available uh, at aestheticsofleadership.com or on any major podcast outlet. So would love to connect with more and more people and spread the good word. So thanks, Adam. Appreciate that. Absolutely. And guys, I'll have all those links in the show notes below so that you can click and connect. Super simple. But definitely, like I said, my, my ask for this is to reach out to Dr. Edwin and just say congratulations. Seriously, if you, if you got any value, if you got inspired by this episode whatsoever, that's my only ask. Reach out to this dude and tell him congrats because he freaking earned it. His whole career came to this moment and he took massive action and earned every single smile that's going to come from it, man. So, dude. Awesome. This, this yeah, I'm was- sorry I waited 27 years. I should have done this year one. So uh, for those of you listening, don't wait till, till you're half a century old. Do <laughs> it now, right now. You have a personal brand. Use it now. Amen. Go forth and script your brand. That's really what it's about, guys. So this was a privilege. Honestly, a podcast that I will probably listen to for a long time, man. You're just such an inspiration and i'm just so grateful that you're in my life and i consider you a close friend and i I can't wait for the rest of the amazing success and impact that we're going to have for the people that we serve so thank you i want to acknowledge you for all of the tremendous things that you're doing and uh yeah man just just thank you for being who you are it's just incredible right back at you champ peace out Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin with the Dr. Edwin Adams promoted Master Chief signing off from the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Go forth, be great, dispense your full potential, and script your brand. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. And today, we break through. And today, we break through. And today, we break through. It's a change.